All right, all settled in? Um, I will be, yes. <laughs> all right, here we go. Take a deep breath. I'm a hot mess today. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. It'll be, it'll be fun. Okay. It'll be fine. Well, welcome to the Golden Strip Soundcast, the official podcast of the Golden Strip School of Music. Today we have our music therapist, Megan, with us. Why don't you reintroduce yourself to everybody? Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Denells, and I own Heartstrings Music Therapy Services. We offer, offer group and individual music therapy services, as well as adaptive lessons. You forgot to add board certified. Yes, <laughs> board certified music therapist. Very, very important. It is very important. Quickly, we're going to talk about adaptive lessons, but before we do that, I want you to just quickly address music therapy itself so that people get an idea of the two different things we're talking about today. Oh, yes. And I can honestly, probably while we're talking, I'll reference both. Okay. Um, because when I talk about the difference in adaptive lessons versus music therapy services, we have to look at the end, that outcome, the expected outcomes. Right. Um, and that's our big question. What would the expected outcomes be? In music therapy, the expected outcomes, the treatment plan, are non-musical. So we're working towards non-musical goals, those therapeutic goals, maybe expressive communication, ex communicating your wants and needs, maybe um, working on social skills or behavioral skills, emotional regulation, emotional expression, being able to appropriately identify, regulate, and um, express your emotions. But also, um, we're using music as a tool to reach those goals. So we're not specifically learning an instrument like the ukulele, the guitar. We're using it as a tool to work on the non-musical goals. It's like like I've said, I've seen you pull miracles. You know, little guy comes in screaming his head off. Mom's just looking like she can't take it anymore. And then they both leave smiling. Yes. And it's pretty incredible. Yes. But now I want to talk about adaptive lessons. So mm -hmm. tell, me, tell me all about adaptive music lessons. So like I don't know anything. Okay. Because I don't. Okay. Adaptive lessons are different when we look at the expected outcome. The expected outcome or the main goal is to learn a specific instrument. Is your child or yourself, are you interested in learning to play the guitar? Are you interested in um, learning voice and how you can use your voice as an instrument or ukulele or piano, um, your main goal would be to learn that instrument. So with adaptive, in, um, adaptive lessons, we are, as board-certified music therapists, using music therapy techniques to tailor our teaching methods to each individual student or client. Um, so maybe I am providing adaptive lessons for a child diagnosed with autism, and maybe they learn a little bit differently than um, typical lessons. Maybe they've tried typical lessons and they didn't really work. They needed more. Maybe they need their music in a different format, or maybe they become overstimulated really quickly and right. easily. Maybe we need to take you know a five-minute dance break or a five-minute sensory break um, or Every five minutes, we need to take those sensory breaks. Um, and that's how the child is able to sit down for a shortened amount of time, then have a sensory break, then go back to learning. Um, maybe I'm working with someone diagnosed with cerebral palsy, and they 
uh, maybe don't have all of the mobility in their fingers or their um, larger upper body extremities, maybe I um, can adapt an instrument in the way that um, is going to set them up for success. Maybe we need to look at adapting the guitar. There's really cool instruments out there and really cool tools um, that can help in adapting a guitar. Um, really? They help with putting down, um, pushing down the string. So th- I'm not sure what it's called. I should have looked it up. Um, but it's this little thing that you can clip onto the neck of a guitar, and it helps pushing down the strings to finger the chords. Well, I think I've seen it. It's like a black plastic, and it almost looks like it's got fingers extending um, across the neck. Yes, it can kind of look like that. I've seen <coughs> others. Um, you know those finger-strengthening tools where you hold it in your hand and you can press down yeah, it's got each the four. individual fingers? Yep. It's kind of like that. I've seen them oh, like okay. that as well. Um Yeah, so being able to adapt. And I think that um, music therapists offering adaptive lessons is really special because we are trained in working with individuals from all walks of life. Whereas um, a music teacher or piano teacher might not have that additional training and be able to accommodate and adapt for each individual student. Right. Now, you mentioned like autism, maybe CP, Mm -hmm. some other kind of physical limitation do adaptive lessons work with like kids that are adhd absolutely kind of stuff absolutely again that would go back to um maybe becoming um the child becoming overstimulated or not being able to focus for an extended period of time maybe having shortened times where we are focused and learning you know the piano or the guitar whatever instrument night might be and then we take a break and we get out some of that energy, and then we go back to working on learning that instrument. Um, maybe they need, if we're working on rhythm, maybe the instrument we're working on, piano, maybe that rhythm is just not clicking because they are having trouble focusing. Maybe we switch to a different instrument. We play the rhythm on drums, or we use some sort of handheld instrument to switch it up, switch focus, but still work on whatever goal we're working on, learning a certain rhythm in a piano piece. Um, But we just switch up that instrument briefly and then go back to it, and then, wow, we're able to play through that rhythm. Do do you find that as time goes on with the students in the adaptive lessons that they need fewer of the sensory room breaks or fewer of the dance breaks? Yes. They start being able to concentrate for longer periods of time? Yes, absolutely. And so I am obviously very music therapy expected outcome driven. And a lot of that plays over, rolls over into adaptive lessons. And so our expected outcome, as I've mentioned, would be learning the instrument. Well, what are, if any, are there bonus prizes? Oh, I was just going to mention that. You stole it right from me. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) All the time. So that's how my brain works. Well, um, maybe a bonus prize would be working, you know, in adaptive lessons, working on those non-musical goals of increase, increasing attention to task or increasing um, focus or expanding the amount of time that we're sitting, focusing on learning the instrument and decreasing those breaks. Those would be bonus prizes. Right. Now, our, re- our regular uh, music students, their lessons, for the most part, or a half hour. Mm-hmm. So are the adaptive lessons also a half hour? Are they longer? Are they shorter? Does it just depend on the child? It or depends. The uh, it's all client-centered. Client. Um, I don't do evaluations for adaptive lessons because I really want to start 
right off the bat with whatever instrument they are coming to me for. Um, and so that first lesson would be a lot of exploration, finding out what are your needs, how can we adapt. Um, and so if we need a longer lesson time to be able to work in some of those sensory breaks, then we'll do that. Or if we need a shortened lesson time, a 30 minute, um, and we're able to extend, sit down, sit still and learn an instrument for 30 minutes, then 30 minutes is great. Um, sometimes we need to do 45 minutes with, with more of those breaks worked in. Um, and so it was all client centered. It depends right. on the, the needs of the client. And, and that's one of the things I like about it is that it is client centered. It's not, you're, you're not pushing a cookie cutter approach mm-hmm. of all my adaptive lessons are going to be this mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on that. This, you know, you're able to change with the client. Yes, exactly. And if we start with 30 minutes and this has actually happened with one of my current students, um, if we start with 30 minutes and maybe we're pushing that time of, wow, we're making great progress. I don't want to end it at 30 minutes. Maybe I go back to the parents and say, hey, can we try increasing to 45 minutes because we've made great progress and we need more time now. Um, and I think, you know, this student would be um, able to maintain and be able to tolerate an, a longer period of time. So we increase to 45 minutes and then, wow, can we go for a full hour? Let's try it. What's it, what's it, what are the lessons like? What's a, what's the first lesson like when a client comes in? So I guess we can kind of focus on the word adaptive and, and what is that? What does it mean? Um, for me, say a client is coming to me for adaptive piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this child is diagnosed with autism and they are wanting to learn to play the piano or play an instrument. Or maybe maybe it doesn't have to be autism, maybe just some sort of special needs. Um, so I'm going to obviously talk with parents and um, see, well, what are their needs and um, what are they interested in playing? I'm going to ask very first in the beginning, what music are they interested in? Because I've also found a lot of the clients that I work with aren't going to respond well to the cookie cutter piano book, beginner piano books, the Alfred series or whatever it might be, um, because it's very structured and it's hard to understand. And I find myself a lot taking those beginner piano books and adapting them. So maybe I use, I don't know, whatever theme it might be for the week. Maybe we're working on learning um, then the keys to the piano. Maybe we're trying to find where C is mm-hmm. on the piano. So maybe I use that theme from the book and introduce it, but then I'm going to introduce it in a different way. Maybe I tell a story. There's great resources out there for um, telling a story as to help us find C on the piano. Um, maybe we're going to come up with a silly name to remember the the. Um, lines on the staff or come up with something that makes it personal for them. But my biggest question when I start with adaptive lessons is what and how am I going to adapt to meet the needs of the client? How am I going to adapt the piano? How am I going to adapt the way that they are trying to learn this music Mm -hmm. to set them up for success? Do do you ever get any stage parents? (laughs) What? Stage parents? I don't know what a stage parent is. No? no. You know, the parent that just pushes, they want their kid to be better than they are and kind of 
drive you a little kooky? Yes. Well, I get a lot um, parents of, um, oh, I want to, I want my child to perform on this recital and I want my child to learn this and I want them to learn to play the piano. Um, probably more so than not, I get people who come to me saying that their child wants to learn an instrument. Okay, great. Maybe their child is diagnosed with some sort of special needs and we have our first lesson or we have an evaluation and I'm like, okay, well, we aren't to a place where we can actually start learning the guitar. That would be a big, big undertaking and and we need to start maybe with a ukulele, something that's smaller. Maybe we start with um, just learning how to hold or just getting comfortable with having something in our arms um, because sometimes it can be a sensory need and um, just having something else to manipulate in our hands is is too much and overstimulating. Right. Um, so really just starting out wherever the child is, meeting the child exactly where they are and then being able to build on that and um, adapt to get to the outcome. And sometimes it takes a lot longer than parents expect. Mm -hmm. Um, And then me just being able to educate and say, you know, that's okay because look at all the progress we've made. And then also I'm getting a lot of, well, how does this, so maybe say just holding and manipulating something in our hands was overstimulating. So we're going to work on that. We're going to work on holding the ukulele and manipulating it and maybe just plucking the strings or Mm -hmm. maybe we use it as a drum to, to have fun and be silly, but also we're working on being able to tolerate holding it. And then parents will say, well, you know what? At home, they have trouble manipulating things with their hands, using those fingers, um, being able to hold things. But I've noticed improvement in that as well. Well, that's another bonus prize of how does what we're working on in adaptive lessons generalize to home or to school. Right. So, so a lot of what you have to do, too, is manage expectations. Yes. Especially with mom and dad and, and with the client. Yes. Too, exactly. I'm sure some of these clients come in and are expecting to be able to just pick it up immediately. Mm-hmm. We see that with everybody. Mm-hmm. They think that learning an instrument is going to be the easiest thing in the world. Yes. But so how do you manage the expectations and most importantly, the frustrations of your students in the adaptive lessons? So that's when I would bring in maybe some other instruments. Maybe we're working on rhythm, um, like I was mentioning earlier, and I'm getting a lot of frustration from the student on, you know, I can't do this, I can't get this, it's just not working. Then I might bring in another instrument, maybe the drums, maybe an egg shaker, and and look at it a little bit differently, adapt what we're doing, Mm -hmm. and come at it from a different standpoint. Right, now I just had another question that escaped me. You really should bring in a pen and write down the questions. I know it. I, I've got some questions here, and do you think I'd bring a pen with me? No, that would be too smart. Um, oh, how do you manage practice? So that is another and a great question. Um, I do like to send home. I call it homework, but is it really homework if you're having fun making music? Exactly. I don't think so, but I call it homework or something to do at home. Um, if I get a student who wants to learn an instrument and they don't have that instrument at home, that's when we bring in, okay, well, can we still work on learning the notes on on the staff? Can we still learn, you know, every good boy does fine, the lines of the staff. Um, can you come up with a different saying at home? That's your homework. Or let's work on rhythm. If you don't have anything at rhythm, go grab a pot or a pan 
and, right. and a pencil and play it like a drum or use body percussion um, to tap out a rhythm. I will photocopy. And that's another thing is I think that might surprise parents is I don't like to use just one book um, to teach from. I like to pull from all of these resources that I have. If I find something on the Internet that I think this might work really well for the child, um, I'll print that off. Or if I have a book, I'll print that. And so I'm photocopying. I'm referencing books or referencing things that I find online, but it's not just one you know, book that you can do at home. Right. Um, so I always try to have open communication with the parents and say, this is what we worked on, and this is how you guys can work on it at home. Have you ever had a student or a client like totally surprise you at how quickly they picked up an instrument and how well they've managed to play it? Yes, absolutely. Especially uh, with working with with people diagnosed with autism, a lot of times it's like, um, you know, their eyes are opened and I have discovered some of my clients have perfect pitch. And I can say, wow, yes. And that blows my mind because I do not have perfect pitch. Um, but a lot of clients, I can play, you know, a, a simple tune on the piano and they can play it back to me. And we've not even gotten to learning the notes or the keys on the piano yet. Um, That's amazing. They're very musical and it it makes me very excited, but it's also a challenge for me too. Um, because again, that, that brings in the adaptive part of, of how am I going to adapt this? They can pick this up by ear, but they're coming to me to learn to read music. Right. Um, so how can we incorporate all of this to set them up for success? And I when we talk about the clients and we, we talk about children a lot. Mm -hmm. So what is the earliest age that you would take somebody for adaptive lessons? And does it depend on the instrument? It does depend on the instrument. Um, I have, I have taught adaptive ukulele lessons to a child that was four, I believe. And that was pretty early. That is early. Very early. Um, and with that child, we were really working on just getting comfortable holding the instrument, maybe just doing some muted strumming, um, playing, you know, one string chords. Um, I would say six for a ukulele, maybe six years old for piano even. We can do some beginning, right. beginner piano, but it also really depends on the child um, and cognitively what can they tolerate. And, um, you know, the way that I adapt it, are they going to be able to succeed with that? Um, so, I would say, yeah, it depends on the instrument. Right. And, and this isn't just for children. You, Absolutely not. You've got adult clients for this? Yes, 100%. Um, I've worked with older adults um, in nursing homes who have just always wanted to play an instrument and never had the opportunity while well, they had music therapists come into the facility and work one-on-one. -on -one. There was a piano there mm -hmm. and work one-on-one -on -one with um, older adults in, in playing piano and learning um, how to play songs. A lot of that was not necessarily learning to read the music, but being able to express music on the keyboard or express music on the piano. Do, do you find, and this is a question that comes up because of my daughter, when you... We're like going to like the nursing home or whatever mm -hmm. to teach the old people. It's funny. You just want to hug all the old people. Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> Every time my daughter sees an old person, I just want to hug them. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, yes, very much. Especially when um, we've had, you know, incredible breakthroughs and, and that 
person I'm working with has, you know, before I got there was completely turned inward and maybe I play a song from their childhood or something and they, you know, come out of their shell and sing along with me and make that connection. Um, that's really rewarding and humbling and emotional. And yes, I just want to hug them and, and say, wow, that was amazing. So that's when you feel really good about your job. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. I'm out of questions. Now, do you have any Anything else you want to talk about as far as adaptive lessons go that I've missed? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not sure about other practices, obviously, but with heartstrings, um, adaptive lessons obviously look different from music therapy. But there's also some kind of behind the scenes that look different as well. Um, so if I have someone coming to me for adaptive lessons, whether it's a child or an adult, there is no treatment plan. I don't create a treatment plan. Um, we talk about the expected outcomes, and that's something we'll verbally discuss right. in the beginning. And then, obviously, we'll verbally discuss as we go along, you know, our progress, where we are, um, and then what are our end goals. But I don't write out a treatment plan because we're not working on those therapeutic goals, right. which I would with music therapy. So for music therapy services, there's an evaluation. We um, create a treatment plan. We do progress notes every three months, re-evaluations every six months. Uh, and that's how it's different from adaptive lessons. Um, it's just what are the end goals? What are our outcomes? And then just a verbal check-in. Right. And then, you know, are we able to participate in a recital? We haven't yet. But would we be able to participate in a recital? I'm hoping pretty soon we get some of your students to be in one of the recitals. Yes. And, and even that's another way um, that we are adaptive. I'm not going to, you know, force my client who, you know, can't tolerate clapping or can't tolerate being in a room with multiple people. Right. We're not going to, you know, force a recital as, you know, maybe... Other places, other music lessons might say, well, this is our goal as a recital, you know, for Christmas. Sure. Time. And then the student, you know, whether they get nervous or not, participates in that. Well, that's another difference in because a lot of the clients that I see and the students that I see um, do have those feelings of nervousness or those big emotions. And what we work on is maybe because they don't understand or they're not able to regulate those emotions or they don't know quite how to deal with those emotions. Right. And that could lead to regression. Maybe they um, forget what we've worked on or forget what we've learned. And um, I don't want to reverse the things that we've learned. Oh, no, not um, at all. So that might be another bonus prize is is learning how to manage and maintain and regulate those those typical emotions of being nervous. Oh, sure. I'm sure any of your clients that are sensitive to noise, there's no way they're going to be able to do a recital with us because yes. so much is going on, whether it's other instruments making noise, parents making noise, mm -hmm. me making noise by mistake, you know, whatever it could be. Yes, so, exactly. you know, maybe we could just have a recital for the one student with mom and dad and grandparents mm -hmm. or whoever they could tolerate having in the room just so they can go and they can play on the stage or play on the big piano in front mm -hmm. of people. And I would love to get um, adaptive music lessons and just have maybe just a recital with, with just my adaptive music lesson kiddos. Right. And um, maybe just for that recital, we say, hey, we're not going to clap, but here's the sign language right, they, for applause. Right, raise or, your hands. You know, maybe, I don't know, how can we adapt the recital to set the, the students up for success. I feel like that's what I keep talking about it is let's set them up for success. And what can we do as a music therapist to adapt and to help them? 
Yeah, I, I am definitely, it sounds stupid, my age. I'm definitely down with <laughs> having just your kids come in and do a recital. I mean, you don't have to, like I said, it could be one kid. Mm -hmm. It could be all of them. Whatever you think I'd love to get five to ten. If someone is out there looking for adaptive lessons, please come see me. <laughs> well, I have availability. Yes, tell people how to get a hold of you. Yes, you can um, contact me from our website at heartstringsmts.com. You can email me directly at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at heartstringsmts.com. Or you can also visit the Golden Strip website, and there is the link to Heartstrings right there. On yes, page. just click on Music Therapy, and it will should take you either right to your page or a link behind that somewhere to go to your page. I can't remember. It's been so long since I looked at the website. How, yeah, I think it takes you to... How bad is that? I, I think it takes you to the <laughs> website, and then from the website, you can go to the contact right. page. I'm also on social media, Heartstrings Music Therapy Services. Yes. LLC. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I know it was a crazy day for you. And you came out sound like a star, and I, as usual, came out sound like the idiot. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I love doing these podcasts, and my goal for 2022 is to do more podcasts. I have so much more information about music therapy and adaptive lessons that I want to share with as many people as possible. Well, we can do as many as you want. I love having you as a guest because you make it easy to talk to. Oh, thank you. I just, I'm passionate about it and I can talk. That's right. It, it shows the passion shows and your dedication shows. So anybody that's got a child that can use music therapy services or adaptive lessons, Megan is the one to go to. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thanks for having us. You've been listening to the Golden Strip Soundcast, the official podcast of the Golden Strip School of Music.